Good morning. We spent some time outside in the cold, and uh, uh, it's very cold outside. So inside, uh, got my fireplace going, and uh, so we can share this morning with you. It's a warm little cabin uh, in the mountains of North Carolina, and uh, we're just enjoying the fellowship of the Lord and in prayer and taking a sabbatical. I want to share with you about introducing the prophet. And I have a scripture to open this teaching this morning. It says, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plans to his servants, the prophets. Amos 5 6. And so, as we begin this morning, dealing with this subject, I want to ask a question. What is the difference between a prophet and someone who prophesies? And here's the answer. A prophet is someone chosen by God to speak for God. A separate call to serve in that area. In the Bible there are many prophets. Some are minor prophets, some are major prophets in the Old Testament. Amos was a minor prophet. Jeremiah was a major prophet. So the difference that is in prophesying, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit, a, 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 a manifestation of the Holy Spirit during the act of ministry, personal, relational, in the altar, in, in, in the house, talking to someone, praying for someone. To the common person. So I wrote this. The difference is that prophesying is a gift of the Holy Spirit opened and, and given to the common person. You don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't, you don't have to be in functions under the balance and order of the gifts. The gifts have a balance and order of, of them on how they operate. And as you know, as you learn to to live with them in the gifts and begin to minister in that way, all you have to know is to know how it operates. And then you're going to notice that the Holy Spirit will invade your space in the area that you need the most. And prophesying brings the healing that needs to be restored. Uh, I want to tell you a little story. We went to the hospital. A pastor and I went to a hospital. And the idea this morning, according to her husband, is that this woman in bed was to be taken the tubes away so she could die. Blood looked everywhere. And after talking to the husband, praying for him and encouraging him, prophesying over him, uh, we, we, we lay hands on that person. And that person was completely healed of kidney cancer. Disappeared. She ran a... a a, a, a uh, what do you call it? It's a, one of those marathons in Atlanta uh, this week. So, if you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, it makes much easier. The prophet is a lifetime call. The difference. It's a lifetime call to speak for God in time. The prophet in the, in the, the time operates evenly. Prophecy runs a clock. 
Prophecy runs uh, a, uh, a waiting. Prophecy runs a moment. It's a time. It's a clock. History in events that govern time and space, political events, national events, the will of God for Israel, the deportation of the, the second and first deportation of people going to Babylon, uh, the prophets being chosen to stay there. So in, 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 uh, in the river Shebar, in, in Babylon, that was uh, Jeremiah and uh, Ezekiel, the prophets of God, dealing with time and space. Now, okay, I hope you understood that. I hope you understand the difference between prophesying and the prophet. Now, how does God in the past ordain the prophets? The first one is He's born a prophet. I mean, God, God calls you in the womb. Just like God called. Elizabeth is expecting a baby six months older than Jesus in the womb of Mary. And, and Elizabeth received an invitation, received a visit from the Virgin Mary. And when the Virgin Mary touched the womb of Elizabeth, the baby leaped in her womb. And of course, he was calling call of God, John the Baptist. So here's Jeremiah 1.5, talking about his call to be a prophet. Then the, Lord, then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed you, thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou comest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So look, God knew him in the womb. He was sanctified in the womb, ordained by the mouth of God. He left his house at the age of 12, disappeared into the hills of, of the southern, southern Israel and uh, was found at the age of 33 at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus, 33 and 3 months. Uh, John the Baptist, out of the womb of his mother Elizabeth, he spent a long time with the essence of Quran, uh, a, a religious uh, organization that uh, wrote uh, uh, and protected the book of Isaiah, Later on, the book of Isaiah is found uh, in the caves of Koram, where we're going to visit in March as a group. Now, Isaiah, Jeremiah 1.5 says, then, then, then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child, called as a child. So, some people are born prophets in the Old Testament. Second, some are called. They're not born. They're called. And here is, here is uh, because of a need, elected by grace, the church need a moment. And it happens to Amos. Amos chapter 7, verse 14 says this, Then answered Amos, I said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son. I was a herdsman, a gatherer of sycamore fruit. Then the Lord took me, as I followed the flock. And the Lord said unto me, Go, 
prophesy unto my people of Israel. Amos 7.14 So he was called. Just as a grown up man working in the field taking care of the sheep. A herdsman taking care of a herd of sheep. God called Amos. Sometimes also, not foreordained, for not called, not born, but imparted like Elijah, Elisha, and Moses. By association, imparted because of a need, God came and spoke to Moses. Let me begin with Elijah first. Elijah the Shishbite, who was in the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God liveth before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these days, but according to my word. That, that's the prophet Elijah in the Old Testament. Here's Elisha. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire, a horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. Elijah went up by the whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of the, his own clothing and rented them in two pieces. The beginning of the ministry of Elisha. How about Moses? How did he became the man he became and the prophet of God for those days? An angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold the burning bush burned with fire. And the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will not turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Moses, Moses. And of course, a, a, he, had, he had killed an Egyptian soldier not too far away. And now here's Moses being called of God to fulfill a great call. And so, I, I can say a lot to you about the Old Testament prophets, but I want to tell you about a New Testament prophet. Before that, I want to give you an advice. Never believe a self-proclaimed prophet. Never believe a self-proclaimed prophet. Amen? That's a dangerous thing. Never believe a false, a, a self-proclaimed. Means, means somebody that says, I'm a prophet of the Lord, and that's who I am. Okay? Because, because being a prophet is a serious thing. Now, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, God has still men and women called to be prophets. Tell me the name of one man that God used to be a prophet in the, in the, in the, in the New Testament, in, in the New Dispensation of Grace. Anybody knows that? Who is the greatest prophet that God has chosen out of the house of uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah? A little boy that grew up in the, in the, in the, in the, in the prairies, in the, in the dust of southern, southern Israel, around the Dead Sea. Who was this man? His name was John the Baptist. Okay. Now let's begin just a moment before we get to John the Baptist because 
He, he was a, the last, not the last prophet, but the prophet of the Lord and the new dispensation. So there's a lot of people who say that there's no prophets in this new church age. No prophets. A lot of accusations. And most of them come out of preachers. It's kind of sad that preachers, you know, uh, 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 take that place of distinction. So, let me go to uh, Ephesians 4.11. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. Now, let me say this to you. I know that you, some of you theologians, have a lot of problem with with uh, with uh, with prophets in the New Testament. But this is the Apostle Paul, and some of you have a problem with Paul also. But let me tell you this: this is an interesting story. Before the canon of Scripture was inserted. The canon of Scripture was a meeting in Italy in the midst of the woods of Italy, somewhere there. And they met there as the church leaders, the bishops of all the church at that particular time. And, and a carriage coming in from far away, carrying books such as the second Matthew, the third Luke, the fourth James, just books that other people, not called of God to do that, wrote it, and they're going to submit to the committee uh, at, at the, the meeting. I think it's the Trent, Trent Council. I could be wrong. Well, the carriage broke down. And since they were not there with those books that they wrote, John, Paul, Paul's 14 epistles of the New Testament were selected unanimously. There was nothing to replace those those. 14 epistles, and so in the Old New Testament, you have, you have the letter to the Ephesians, you have, you have uh, uh, Acts of the Apostles, uh, uh, you have uh, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, especially the letters to prison in, in, the, in Hebrews, and of course, uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians. Okay, now, so take a look at Paul, and Paul simply said something like this. Unto every one of us who is given grace, according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Meaning, that grace is extended in measure. That's what it means. In other words, I, wo- I want the Lord to extend His grace over me in a large measure. Because I have sinned before the Lord. Everybody has. There's not a single person listening to me today that didn't have sin in your life and still have it. That's the way the cookie crumbles. I, and so, unto every one of us is giving grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So, I've been asking for a lot of grace in my life. Wherefore, he said, when he ascended on high, he led captive, captivity captive. In other words, when, when, when Jesus went into, out of Jerusalem, okay, in the, in the, the church of, uh, the Annunciation, the church up there on the, on, on, uh, 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 Mount of Olives, as he ascended into heaven, out of the cross, his soul, he liberated souls in paradise before before the cross. Despised being believers, they were still held captive by Satan because the blood of bulls and goats could not take away the sin death. When Jesus died on the cross, he the sin death was paid and now makes all makes all of these captives. And gave gifts to men, meaning the Lord took care of who needed to be delivered from, from, from demons and reprimanded 
and gave gifts to men. Now, in setting, he gave, and he begins his list of, of, of uh, to whom he gave. Now, if he gave, it was not in the Old Testament, it's in the New Testament. If he gave, it wasn't in Jeremiah or Isaiah. It was actually Jesus in his moment of death delivering and giving to his church these positions in the life of the church. And he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The resistance comes from here. The resistance is right there, this one here. The pastors. They believe that there's nobody that can serve the Lord. I'm not saying all the pastors now. I'm saying some of the most famous pastors in America will not allow an evangelist to operate within within the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, they, they will not uh, allow a prophet to be in the congregation to speak for the Lord. You understand? And it's not actually every single church. And I'm not saying everybody. I'm saying there, there are and there is strong resistance against the work of the prophet today because they believe the prophets are not there anymore. All right. And so in the place of the prophet, if you look at verse 12, Paul mentions three things that these five people are responsible to do in the, in the lifetime that they live in this earth. The first one is to perfecting of the saints, to equip, equip them for service. Well, I do that a lot. I'm doing that right now. Second, for the work of ministry, to proclaim the message of redemption to the entire world. But I'm talking about the work. The work here has to do with people that have the right gifts to run the office, to run the finances, to administer the kingdom of God. And so that is a place to where if you are someone that God has called to do something like QuickBooks, it is it is your job in the ministry, and you are you are you need to be encouraged and uplifted by the prophet, the apostle, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Then it says this for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now notice that the edifying of the body of Christ is something that prophesying does edify, building, and comforting. In other words, prophesying, according to 1 Corinthians 14.3, 14, is to edify, to build, to comfort. So look at this situation. In the offices of ministry, they also need to be prophesying. They also need to be encouraging the people of God. And that's just what Paul, uh, Paul, Paul, Paul deals over here. So now, so... The item three, prophesying, edifying, and building, building, is a part of prophesying to make more clear in the Old Testament the prophet. The prophet would foretell the future. In the New Testament, he foretell. What is the difference between foretelling the future, Old Testament, and foretelling? It, it is the power of the prophesying manifestation of the gift of the Holy Spirit. The prophesying is the manifestation of the gift of the Holy Spirit who foretell, call into being 
speak into becoming. You know, uh, there was a man in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I don't remember, but I think it's R. Roberts. And R. Roberts was given a parcel of land the size of a, of a, a, a thousands of city blocks. God told him to build a university and to build a school there. And he went there by car to see the size with, with uh, someone in charge and, and the donor of that property. They stopped the car and they looked. And there was thousands of acres. Prime land in the heart of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he knelt down, anointed with oil, and sanctified that place for the glory of God, which now is the home of Oral Roberts University. When I was in Brazil, I came to the States and a lady gave me $75,000. I took it and I gave it to my father and I said, Dad, build a building with that upstairs full of rooms and downstairs full of ro- a large room downstairs. And it wasn't too long before the building was completely done. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, for the glory of God, my father built the mission. He himself ordained. It was so beautiful. And, of course, my daddy said, pray for me because the builder is drunk this morning. But the building was built for the glory of God, which is uh, uh, of 1880, uh, uh, Avenida Nestor 880. It is the home of our ministry in Brazil for the last 45 years. So the difference here is specific. It involves time, it events. So the work of the prophet deals with universal events, church age, events that uh, will change the history of the world, situations in time, in a city, in a place, in a state. The prophesy is something that begins you and somebody else in your office sitting down, bringing to a lower level, and speaking. A manifestation has to occur for you to prophesy. A manifestation has to occur for you to prophesy. So if you are young on this side, if you're young on this ministry, if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it would be difficult for you to sort of understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You, you can't do it. You can't do it. I'm not saying that you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm saying it's wise that you have it, because if you don't, the manifestation is, is not as clear. Now, how are you doing so far? Am I getting somewhere with you now? Or I've just lost you completely? <laughs> I pray mercy if I lost you completely because I want to help you to get... Uh, 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 what do you think, Andy? Uh, uh, are you there? Yeah, I'm listening. I'm, I'm University right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, asked, I asked Andy... In our little cabin here for the weekend. By the way, if you see throughout that window, okay, right there, if you see right there, that window right there, right there, there's a, there, there's a grill down here that we're going to cook a big steak this afternoon. Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, we're just spending time with the Lord. And by the way, uh, this, this heater here is not working now because it got too hot in here. So we turned it off and all of that. Now, Matthew 10, 18. Matthew 10:18. Let me go to this now and try to get you to hear me. Okay, Matthew 10:18. All right, there there it is. It says, 
And when you shall be brought before governors and kings, for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought. But when they deliver you up, take no thought on thought. Let me let me get it again. Take no thought how or what you shall speak. If the prophetic life works in your life of prophesying, edifying, building, comfort. If you hear the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, faith work, miracles, gifts of healing, there will be persecution. It's part of it. There are certain people that claim them to have a prophetic ministry who do not understand grace or allow grace to be extended or, 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 or the, the blood of Jesus Christ who cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And so, it's very difficult to, to, to know, but the persecution toward those who operate in this area is going to intensify. It says, but, for it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father. So, one idea that resists the thought about prophets in this church age is that prophets is a thing of the past. But the Bible does not agree with this type of thinking. Going to, going to the 11th chapter of Matthew, verse 7, it says, verse 10, it says, For this is He, this is Jesus, who is written. In, in, in the Old Testament, the prophets about John the Baptist are so many. I send you my messenger before your face. John was the messenger, which shall prepare your way before you. So, the word here in Matthew that came from Jesus is said that very, very, I say unto you, among them who are born of women, there is, has not risen a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he who is at the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. Now, what I'm saying to you this morning is that the resistance against the, the problem of the prophet today is very strong. And so, John was the last prophet, not in terms of the call of God. He was the prophet that God used. But today, prophets are people who are called to speak to the life of the church. Some people say he was the last prophet. I disagree. I disagree strongly as possible that today I know many, many that operate in that area and are great blessings of the kingdom of God. Matter of fact, my ministry is a product of someone who spoke to me a word, prophetic word in my heart, in my mouth. It was a superintendent retired from the North Georgia Annual Conference uh, that spoke in my heart, my life, lay hand on me, and uh, and my ministry completely changed. And so, John recognized the man approaching him in the waters of the River Jordan and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes the sins of the world. Amen. So now... 
the ministry of John the Baptist is the prophet of the time of Jesus. And Paul is simply saying in Ephesians 4, he calls some to be, to be apostles. Apostles are missionaries, to be prophets. And Paul is saying to be, to be evangelists, to be, past, to be, to be pastors, and to be teachers. These five offices of ministry, Paul is not saying is for yesterday, is for today. So if you have a problem with prophets today, then might as well take out of your Bible the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, and live with the rest, which you can't do. Alright? Now, so God sent John the Baptist. And he's wrong to say he was the last prophet according to Paul. Ephesians 4.11. So this is the case. The office of ministry are few today. I'm an evangelist. I am one of those that God called according to the ministry of Paul. I mean, I was called. I was called to be an evangelist. And I continue to serve as an evangelist, and I'll die being an evangelist. I hope that today was enlightening to you, the difference between the, the prophet and prophesying. I hope that uh, you will understand that this is documented in Ephesians 4, 4.11 in the ministry of Paul, a letter to the Ephesians. I hope that you will know that I said to you that I am an evangelist, which is one of those call of God to do the ministry of the evangelist. And I want to pray for you. Father God, I pray this morning, Lord, for all of those who are tuning in to, the, to this ministry in California, in Idaho, in Oregon, those of you who are uh, in Montana, those of you who are uh, in several areas of the Carolinas, Lord, in the southeastern area of the United States, Texas, Lord, in, in areas that I, I'm, I'm reaching out at this very moment. Bless them and call them to serve you, for they will forth call, forth tell, that which God desires in Jesus' name. Amen. See you tomorrow. Eu quero ser um testemunho, remove o